I am Zarina Dimitrova, a strategic partner and mentor to businesses in the process of transformation. Join me on Grow and Learn as we explore a range of topics from personal development and career advancement to relationship building and financial management. With practical advice, inspiring stories and expert interviews, we'll give you the tools you need to thrive in every aspect of your life. Join us as we share insights and strategies that can help you achieve your personal and professional growth objectives. Can CRM systems and AI be entertaining? Can we look at them from a philosophical perspective and how not to F up a CRM system? This is what I'm going to be speaking today about with my guest, Michael Hudlow. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me. Where do we start, uh, Michael? Tell us a bit about this uh, most recent book of yours. How not yeah, to I, um, CRM system? Yeah, I, I I wrote the book. Um, you know, I started it. I, I don't even know. Maybe maybe better part of two years ago, and I really I wrote it out of frustration of of you know I, I've already you know come from a, a big four consulting background, um, also operational, uh, technical lead um, with with large global firms either internally. Uh, consulting internally or operating internally, leading internally or consulting on the same topic. And I was getting frustrated of seeing the same issues pop up again with regards in this particular case with CRM systems, you know, and and realizing that from the outsider looking in, when you think about a technical system, people just from human nature gravitate to the fact that the problem with the system must be a technical problem. And what I was seeing is that was not the case. Um, you know, if you look at the, the large systems out there, you know, Salesforce, Oracle, SAP, uh, Microsoft, uh, Sugar CRM, and, and the list goes on and on. Um, you know, those systems are extremely technically capable systems, all of them. They're very advanced systems. Um, and, you know, they can do an amazing amount of things. But what I was seeing was, is that there were a huge percentage of companies that were failing with their systems, maybe two, three years after they had implemented them. And they weren't technical reasons. They were adoption related. They were expectation related. They were wow, we, we don't know why we spent, you know, X millions of dollars. And I'm, that's obviously for a large company, but I'm just, you know, making that number up. Why did we spend such a large amount of money? And I don't see a large amount of, you know, ROI. I don't see the change. Um, and and from my my opinion and, and, and the vantage point of my book, which is all case study driven book. So it's it's very much set up into scenarios of, this is the kind of company, obviously I keep everything anonymous, but this is the type of company, this is what actually, and these are all true stories, what actually happened, what, you know, what happened as a result, what did we learn, how could this have been prevented? And, and what I was seeing was, is that there was a layer of leaders, uh, external, I mean, uh, uh, corporate leaders, whether CEOs, board directors, whomever, that had unrealistic uh, uh, expectations of what a system could do for them. Um, and that comes from, believe it or not, 
a lot of people spending money and said, hey, if this system costs this much money, it must improve my world. And, and what has happened was, is that there are so many processes that were failing processes to begin with that weren't modified to meet up with the strengths of these digital systems. And as a result, people were unhappy. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the blame was usually blamed on a system or a CIO or a CTO. And why did we go down this path where in reality it was, you know, corporate leadership that and I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying that they didn't realize the opportunity to make a change had to happen before you put these tools in, not at some time in the later and something magical was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So would you say that the problem was not so much processes even, but rather corporate culture? What, what From what you observed? Uh, you know what? <laughs> I wish I could say it was one or the other. It's usually a combination of both. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, co co corporate culture, um, to use, you know, to use that as a, an example, if you go back, you know, a few years ago, before these types of systems were out there, um, and, I, and I'm going to keep the example simple as a, a traditional salesperson, even though these systems are way beyond just the advantage of helping a salesperson. But let, let's just, for the argument's sake, I'll keep it simple. Um, the traditional salesperson was always rewarded to be you know, the best the best of their kind, you know, to sell the most, sell, be competitive, sell more than other people uh, at their firm. You know, they they kept their, their list close to them. Um, and as a result, they got the bigger bonuses and you know, the bigger commissions and things like that. Well, think about it. A CRM system, this is also one of those philosophical things, a CRM system in its heart relies on the sharing of data. Mm -hmm. It's completely counter to what a traditional salesperson wants to do. So, so there, there's nothing when you go to deploy, you know, any of those large systems that I was talking about, if you're a project manager, you know, you're making the system work and tie into the accounting systems and all the technical bits. But how do you convince a seasoned salesperson that we're not going to steal your information, watch what you're doing, and then give it to someone else in the firm to, to increase the company's sales, but not necessarily increase your sales. So there is a trust, there is a paranoia that has to be overcome that is, I would say, almost always ignored. Mm -hmm. I understand. Well, I mean, the example is really good, but it also depends in this case, in the processes of who takes which client and who is allowed right. to take which client and so on. So yeah, absolutely right. correct. It's all inter interdependent processes and culture. Um, what do you think of um, the agile systems that you know are so hyped in the past three four years? Everybody's you mean like Workday and things like that. Excuse me. Did you say HR systems? At agile. Oh, agile, agile systems. Well, sure. I mean, I think I think you know anytime you do any, you know, kind of agile development, it always, I mean, in my opinion, it improves, it improves the process significantly. Um, but where I think, and this is not, this is not a complaint against agile. It's a complaint against, once again, going back to your, your saying corporate culture mm -hmm. is historically it, 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 the agile individuals 
don't always go after the biggest problem person at a company. And, and, you know, I, I have a section in my book and I'll, I'll use a little off color language, but I, 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 I call this chapter saboteurs and, and assholes, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And it's not meant to be insulting towards the individual. It's meant to be that every company has people that are difficult and it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It's just like they're set in their ways and, 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 and frequently a system uh, when it's being deployed, ag agile or not, uh, is going to is going to find a way to make it, excuse me, succeed. And and in this particular case, you need to find the most difficult person and please them, get them on your side and and learn from them. I mean, they might be the best salesperson. Once again, to my 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 uh scenario but they might also be the best you know they they might be the best and 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 where i think what you really want to 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 do here um is before you before your project managers go down this path is there has to be a conversation with individuals to say who is that person at, at this company? If you're if you're a third party vendor, or if you're doing it internally, who are those people that I can put on my steering committee? That if I get if I turn them, then other people are going to say, "Oh wow, this is this is different," you know, because even even the younger salespeople are going to, or or professional services people, they're still they they up until this date they have learned from those senior leaders that have done it without these systems so it's really like you're you're convincing the old people to do something new and you're convincing the younger generations loosely speaking to to look after this new process and um it's difficult because what really what you have to do is convince uh, people who have who have been individual contributors without this system to show them by by opening up and sharing your intellectual property or your, you know, your, your, your contact list or, or whatever it may be, that by giving it to others, we're going, we, we may have to change the, the, the corporate structure of, of commission or, or something, but this new way has to be beneficial to them. And, and the other thing that is important to highlight there is that you can't have two systems running at the same time. Meaning if you're going to, okay, you see the balloons that just happened? Apparently that means balloons. I don't know. I've had this happen before. <laughs> Ta-da, it's a magic trick. It's um, the second time I'm seeing that. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, cool. I, I I'm not sure why, but okay. But so, 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 so I should make it like a rocket or something. I don't know. But okay. um, so, you know, but what I was saying was, is that any system to be in this case, any any enormous system like this, especially when you start talking with AI solutions built into it, can't be competing internally at a company with the old way of doing things. Meaning it, there has to be a hard cutoff point. Um, and once again, that is the source of so many points of failure because in a tool that relies on quality information, 
And if it doesn't have quality information, the first thing you're going to do is get people saying, I can't rely on this anymore. Mm -hmm. From uh, what I'm gathering is, is that you're describing more like a large uh, corporation rather than a startup, you know, talking about legacy culture and uh, the old employees and the new employees. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. yeah you're I, correct. You're correct. I mean, it is it is infinitely easier if you have a medium to small size company, a startup mm -hmm. with forward thinking leaders that are willing to say, I'm going to use this tool to its best capability. I understand this tool, whatever, which one you select, I'm going to use its strengths. And this is what we're doing. If you, if you can, if you have the ability to one guide an office and then also mandate use, if that person has the right attitude, you will have a successful system and you will make leaps and bounds ahead of people that are bigger than you that can't do it. And 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 that is 100% true. Now, I suppose that in uh, 2023, you started implementing uh, AI systems as well. And um, mm -hmm. I'm wondering whether this also applies to AI systems, like they would need to be complementary to the CRM system, because I don't know if there's such an... AI system that completely replaces a CRM system. And my other question is, since mostly the cases that the case that you were mentioning now uh, is about large corporations, are any large corporations already adopting um, AI technologies or is it only privy to small and medium sized and startups? No, uh, they, so there are definitely large, medium, and small companies using AI in, in conjunction with CRM. Um, and so AI is not at a place where AI by itself can, can replace CRM. Yeah. But, but, so we can talk for hours on this, but I, I, I won't <laughs> bore you. I won't bore you. So, so let, let me put it to you this way. When I'm speaking of CRM systems right now, we are we we are talking about formal systems. You know, you know, not, but but everybody uses an a, a CRM system. They just it's an Excel spreadsheet. It's it's your you know exchange you know address book. It's your calendar. I mean, it's 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 when you get into these formal systems is what we're talking about. So AI can. In the in the former scenario, AI can do a lot to you know join uh, spreadsheets and calendars. It it, it can, um, but the real pickup on AI in the CRM space right now is tools. So so all of your big vendors right now, the Salesforce and Microsoft and SAP and, and Oracle, they all have built in. You know, obviously you have to pay for it. AI you know, widgets that you can deploy into their system that do to, to do various things. Mm -hmm. But there are also many, many, I mean, it seems like they happen every day, third-party vendors that have AI tools that overlay on these same tools that we're talking about, except what those tools do um, is I almost call, I, I call them almost icing on the cake. Um, you know, I had mentioned earlier that business process has to be changed to make these systems uh, effective or most mm -hmm. effective. Well, what happens though is that let's just say you have a company with 20 divisions, 
and you come through with one workflow that meets 80% of everyone's needs, but there's still a 20% gap. Well, that's where these AI tools can come into play. So you can have a workflow that keeps the data consistent and the taxonomy consistent and, and, and everything like that structured and, and workflow structured. And so you can make, you know, forecast and whatnot. But what the AI elements can do is tweak the reporting and frequency and what you report on and what it looks like and how it thinks. You can supplement that with AI for those individual users uh, or divisions or whomever you're talking about so that they can, it's be the both best of the both worlds. You know, the AI can be that interpretive layer to make the information on the back end better, but in the front end, make it very human and automatically delivered and things like that. Mm -hmm. You specialize in um, CRM and AI F up recovery. <laughs> what do, well, what is your approach? How do you approach recovery? of these systems. Yeah, I I it's funny. I I kind of stumbled across that title. Um it, it came to me and it's also came around the same time that I uh was contemplating writing the book is that I was I was realizing um that there was this magic window. Let's just say like I said before, 2 to 3 years after companies deploy systems that they're they start to get a little depressed on why they deployed what they deployed. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And and what happens is if you can imagine a corporate environment with, you know, your C-level uh, individuals, and then you have a, maybe a, if it's public, you have a board of directors and advisors and whomever, and people start pointing the fingers at each other, meaning the board of directors might say, hey, CIO, you told us to go down this expensive path and we're down this expensive path and we're nowhere. And the CIO may come back and say, wait a minute, the tool we picked was the best, is the best. And, you know, the CEO didn't allow us to make the process changes and it goes on and on and on. It's and a on. constant blaming circle. Yeah. Circus it absolutely also. is. And it's like, so, yeah. so, you know, from one side you can get, you know, I can, I can speak to with CIOs, to do an unbiased, like I, I don't want to sell services to fix something, but I can I sell services to actually come in and say this is precisely what is wrong, and and I can say look you know this is what I would do, but I'm I I to keep myself uh, unbiased, I, I don't want you know many consultants get tagged with hey you're finding stuff so you can bill us more to fix it. And I don't, I don't want to get into that game. I want to, I want to stay unbiased about it. So what I, I'd like to do is I go in and if a, if a CIO hires me, then I can come in and say, you know, give me two weeks, three weeks. I can go in, I can do my analysis. I can do my, my studies of where the breakpoints are happening. And I can say, you know, is, did you make the right call? Did you make the you know, are you are you being you know sabotaged by other processes, um, or or on the other hand, if a, if a board hires me or a CEO hires me, then I can come in and do the exact same thing. It just but you know at the end of the day, the answer is still going to be the same. It can be supportive of the path, or sometimes I might say, listen, you have crappy processes. You had them before. You still have crappy processes, and no amount of digital tool is going to fix that until things change. So. Uh, you know, that's that's really where I come into play. And uh, quite frankly, you know, especially with larger companies, even medium sized companies, 
they're spending huge amounts of money and they have the right to expect huge amount of progress, but they're not getting it. And I think largely they're not. You have a lot of disgruntled people. You have, it was, it's very ironic. I, I can't really think of this another time like this in, in my technical careers where you have so many large companies that are, I shouldn't stop saying that, a lot of companies that are not happy with what the, with what they spent and where they are compared to the actual, what the tool can actually do um, because the tools are incredible. Uh, so, so that, that's my, 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 you know, if, if somebody were to hire me, I, I come in, um, whether it's virtual or on site, you know, that's their call. Um, I have uh, some brief questionnaires that just help me figure out, you know, what was their main goal? And I'll tell you right now, uh, many companies didn't have a goal, you know, with the, they, you know, it, once again, it's somehow these things got sold to be, or at least perceived to be wizards. <laughs> it was like, right. I, I was I was going to say that it probably comes to the sales to the large sales budgets of technology companies that come in I, and sell you a dream of uh, turning around. <laughs> right. So, so I think I think it's pretty interesting. Um, I actually enjoy uh, what I do a lot uh, because I, I like to think that people you know people deserve to be happy, and that goes for companies as well. And, and the last thing I would hate to say to someone is you pick the wrong tool, that doesn't happen too much. You pick the wrong tool, you have the wrong team, you, everything's wrong, you know, you know, hit the delete button and start again. It's usually much more like, hey, you've got three things that you didn't do that we can still do. It doesn't cost you, like, and that's the other thing. These systems are, these systems are all inclusive for the most part. Mm. And people are using a fraction of, of what they're capable of. They need to usually open up what these tools can do and get rid of the things that they already have in their organization that isn't working. Sometimes people don't like that, you know, like, you know, and, and but, you know, it's kind of like, look, what, what do you want? Do you, do you want it to work or not work? And then and then that decision becomes a little bit easier. And it's and that's also why, from my standpoint, if, if I I come as an outsider that's unbiased, um, who really has no you know, skin in the game, then it, I you know, you can usually talk a little more straightforward than someone who, you know, who's already in the situation and might have had made made bad choices in the past and you know doesn't want to highlight them. Yeah. So in the book that you wrote, uh, you mentioned that there are some humorous elements. Um, yeah. What do you mean by that? Is it irony that you're referring to or was there, was there really funny stories that, um, well, that I were think, in the case studies? I think, I think, you know, what makes things to me funny in the book is that they seem ludicrous, that silly little things that as an outsider looking in seems so obvious that gets mm. that gets that gets blown out of proportion and what's humorous about it is it happens to all of us all the time in in the corporate environment mm -hmm. or it has happened and and so when i say humorous is like you know i i think i mentioned before you know i have a chapter on dealing with difficult people and and where people who who 
just with with the the dialogue back and forth who who say they're going to support a system you rely on their sort uh their their support but then after after things happen you realize that that person is still you know making their people do things the old way um therefore those individuals are being asked to do twice as much work as normal because they have to put their system information into an old way and follow an old process and then to make you know the board of directors happy they have to follow a new process so what happens is is that the intent of making things half the amount of time you've really just made it twice as hard because mm -hmm. these individual the actual people you know doing the work are just getting crushed with work mm -hmm. so it, it's really about the the scenarios that these things happen and 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 the unbelievable nature that a a singular person can make a huge amount of of problems and and so 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 and you know in a specific scenario um you know i'll give i'll give you a, a real life example mm -hmm. um I I was uh, on the west coast of the U.S. This was I don't know eight years ago or so, um, and I had this the leader of uh, the west coast of this company uh, had their complete support. Flew me out there, um, you know. I had a speech, right? You know, a presentation. It went like an hour long. Everything was perfect. I was happier than happy can be. And when it got time, my time to take the stage, I took the stage, got up there. And the very first thing that happened when I took the stage is that leader who had all of my support, you know, gave me all my support and everyone was looking at him because he was in charge of everybody in this room, stood up, walked out the door because he had something else to do. <laughs> the visualization of that. Everybody just saw, hey, we're going to go to this new thing that this person's going to talk about and just listen to them because it's really important. I'm out of here. Yeah. And it was just like it was like a, a, a comedy show because everyone was interested. But I also knew everybody realized from his body language. Yeah. We're not actually doing this. I mean, I'm I'm telling my superiors that we're going to be doing this, but we're not actually doing this. And the reality was that is what was true. They didn't use, after I left, everyone applauded, every leader sent me thank you notes. They never adopted it. But all it was, was is for show that that leader to his boss, that I'm, I'm doing what it takes. And guess what? Your system stinks. It wasn't that the system stunk. It was, they had no intention. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, and, and I would love to say that's an extreme case, but it's not, it's, it, it's, you know, I can go to that. I've actually experienced similar situations when I was yeah. working in corporate. Yeah, yeah, and that's what gets funny because, because not funny towards your your problem, but I mean it's happened to all of us. So yeah. when when I was talking about this with other people, like same as you just said, it's like oh my god, that happened to me. And to me, with just an ironical kind of personality, I was up on stage. I'm like, I'm just going to walk off the stage because I know this is over, and. Um, and you know, and I, I think I think what I learned from many of these these events that happened, you know, scenarios similar to that, was the fact that these leaders didn't use 
advanced tools like we're talking about to get where to where they are and where they are is very very successful so they are willing this is an overgeneralization so i mean i'm not saying this is everybody but there is a problem with leaders willing to pay for the solution but not willing to actually adopt it and champion the solution and without that it becomes very difficult yeah mm. I totally hear you. It, it it becomes like a project that somebody else needs to do, but I don't want to have to do anything with it. Mm. I did what I needed to do. I paid for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. So what's next? You're, you're, there's a new book in the making. What is the new yeah, book? Yeah, I'm doing a book specifically on AI integration into CRM. Same, same kind of topic, you know, how, how not to mess it up. Um, mm -hmm. And, and um, it, it's, it's interesting it's almost the same story as it's going to be a much shorter book because the current book is over 500 pages. And I just, I just kept going and going and I, and I enjoy it, but I want to make the second book shorter. So it's more consumable. Um, but it's, it's about the, the issue that it seems like every week, maybe even more frequently than every week, there's another AI tool going into the CRM space. And obviously in every part of our lives, there's AI tools now. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a real, there's a very rapidly happening danger of adopting the wrong AI tool now because so many of these companies are startups. Who's gonna make it? Who's not gonna make it? Are you really going to put a tool in that's going to have to do a process over a rework that might not be there? So it's, and then why would I pick a third party tool versus, you know, a Salesforce made AI tool, you know, and, and there's just a lot of confusion. Um, and I fear that there's going to be missteps that are not only going to hurt the AI piece, but are also going to hurt the bigger CRM piece. Um, you know, right now, most of the AI tools have to do with, with CRM space, have to do with business development. So uh, marketing analysis, content creation, um, but there's also a big piece that handle in with data cleanup, taxonomy, you know, you know, if you have a, a you have a CRM system taking information from legacy systems or external, com uh, so, you know, streamlining that information. And then the other piece is, as I mentioned or alluded to earlier, is the analysis, summarization, analytics that get provided to different peoples in a company in, in different ways. Um, those are really where the big places are, but where things are starting to hit is also with um, scheduling of phone calls for sales and marketing people. Uh, I've seen many systems now that have automatic email creation. So it's, hey, it's time to write Doug and here's what we have to say to Doug and here, send Doug the new contracts. And it just, it's all happening at the speed of light. Um, and you have to start wondering is when do the people in the process start looting, losing their own human thinking technical edge you know and mm -hmm. and and where where is it all going so i mean you it, 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 it starts it, look i'm sure you've seen ai tools that you look at and go i am using one uh uh it's called rainmaker ai for my other business and and uh -huh. i totally hear you about losing the 
the human touch because sometimes when I'm setting up uh, the sending of sales emails and setting up a funnel, I'm thinking, um, you know, do people really know me by this style or does this really represent me? Because indeed, especially for a small company, you lose the touch. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I've seen, I've already seen examples of, of uh, systems embedded into CRMs that can one do the ordering of product and then the other side of that is another ai that can do the receive and and these two tools are now talking to each other so obviously that's really cool if everything's working well um but what happens when viruses get into the you know and nasty little bugs get involved and all of a sudden you're ordering more than you can i mean you you can understand where it can all spiral into so I think there are a lot of people scratching their heads of, of how much do I want to play and how deep do I want to go into this pool? I mean, the other problem with it that, that society clearly is saying is that if you're not using AI right now, your competitors yeah. are. And it's, it's absolute FOMO at the moment. Everybody wants to be in. I know. Yeah. So, so that's, that's really what the, the next book is about. And, and I'm also trying to keep it at the human level, not the technical level. Um, I think, I think if I just have a little bit of a insider, you know, information, or at least my own perspective, I think, I think it would be very smart to come up, you know, implement a platform and they exist that are basically containers for AI tools that you can overlay on top of a system. So if any one of the AI tools uh, becomes defunct, you can pull it out and put a new one in while still keeping your, you know, kind of AI engine running fine. A platform as a service for AI and other CRM. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that's where you're gonna, you know, likely see things right now. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was so insightful. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thank you Where can time. people find your books and what are the, the book's titles again? So um, if I if you don't mind, I'll send I'll send a link. You can put them in, in mm -hmm. your notes. Whatever. But um, everything can be found on. And actually, it's it's interesting. I'm selling a lot of books in Europe right now. And I, I'm not sure why, um, which is awesome. But um, Amazon's the easiest place across the board to get it. It's, I think it's it's available anywhere in Europe and, and Asia and in the States and in Latin America. Um, the, the book that is out right now is called How Not to Fuck Up a CRM System. And the one coming out, hopefully in the next 45 days, is basically the same title, but it's with, uh, you know, How Not to F Up a System with AI and CRM. Um, and, um, and then obviously if anyone wants to get a hold of me, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'd be more than happy to answer questions for free. No problem. And, and I, I enjoy meeting new people. So feel anybody feel reach feel free to reach out to me. Awesome. And the website is that you, uh, it's bits, uh -huh. I can't tell you, but it's bitsia, B I T X I A C R M bitsia crm.com. People will be able to find it in the description as well. Yep, the book is available there as well as 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 well as other interviews I've given and things like that. Awesome, thank you. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> thank you so much for your insights, Michael. It was it thank was you. good fun Take listening care. to you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. 
If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.